Hi everyone, you're listening to Something Real. I just wanted to jump on here really quick and uh, let you know a little bit about today's episode. Uh, you'll notice right away that it is not our typical recording setting. Uh, Rich and I decided to record the episode over the phone. Uh, so if the audio is not the exact quality you're used to, I apologize. Uh, but we did feel it was still important to get the podcast out. Um, and we're actually veering away from our Uh, sermon series right now, at least for this episode, to talk about the uh, current state of things as far as the coronavirus and how it's impacting our world. Um, We will keep you updated with future episodes of the podcast, and and if you are a follower of Real Life Community Church, uh, as far as uh, our live streams and things like that go, we'll keep you updated on that as well. Uh, So for now, we hope you enjoy this episode and hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. joined us here. Hello, Rich. Hey, Stacy. Hopefully this is working now. It's working working on here. Okay, I'm not sure what I did. I think I dropped the call earlier. And uh, so we've been uh, just having some some awkward moments of intimacy here on uh, Instagram and YouTube, uh, not on Facebook today. Uh, but hopefully you'll be able to post the link for the podcast later. So people I, can it up. I will do that. We're trying to uh, take measures to uh, get the get the podcast still out there. While still mitigating the spread of the virus. At, at the same time. Right. So, we're practicing, practicing social distancing. Right. Yeah. As, so, one, as one does. For those of you who are hearing the audio and, and not the uh the live stream uh, I just mentioned to to our friends on YouTube and Instagram that Stacy's got a bit of a scratchy throat today, and so uh, is choosing to be uh, wise and, uh, and and to stay home. And so we're doing that's what a we stretch. Can. Wise is a stretch, but <laughs> well, you know we have to be wise if we're going to be the home of professional podcasting. Very true. So if. Uh... If the audio on the podcast recording itself sounds different, that's because we are in two separate places, both using our phones. Uh, yeah. we, did, we did want to, uh, to get something out today. Uh, and actually, we're going to kind of take a little detour today from our, our uh, regularly scheduled programming and uh, talk a little bit about what is going on in the world today because it's unavoidable and... Uh, one thing I think I, I want to make uh, clear here before we get started is um, I don't anticipate this being a discussion about either of our personal opinions, really, for, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, if you want a lot of that, you can find it on Facebook. Um, opinions. I'll try to keep them to pardon? myself. I yeah, have lots yeah. of personal opinions. I'll usually try to keep them to myself. Same. Um, but one thing I think it is important for us uh, to talk about um, is ha- not only the impact of, of what's going on right now, but one thing that has struck me over the last uh, several days or week or so um, are just some of the ways in which people are responding. Uh, and I know that uh, on Sunday when we, we did meet for, for church service, uh, you were asking ahead of time. Uh, if we had any songs in mind that might reflect uh, the current situation in the world. And I, I, I don't know. I just think it's important as, as Christ followers to it. it I mean, we can't ignore it, you know? So. Right. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of the, the reasons that, that we approach life and culture uh, the way we do it at Real Life Community Church and through this podcast is something real, is that, that we believe strongly that we need to live in the world as it is, not as we wish it were. We, we're not in Eden. And the idea that uh, because we're Christians, we're somehow immune to hardship in life is a ridiculous fallacy that is specifically orchestrated by hell. And so I can't, I can't stress enough how foolish it is for us to ever think that Christians get a pass, that, that we can right. just you know, do foolish things and God's going to carry us through. That's not how right. God himself has designed uh, this life to work. And ever since sin entered the system, all of us, saint and sinner alike, are in that we have this constant influence uh, of sin, even in ourselves. Right. So in Christ, we've been set free from the penalty and the power of sin. And yet, uh, Paul makes clear in Romans 7 that sin still dwells in us. It's still, it, it's still here in this body we carry around with us in the the brain that that we carry around with us uh neil anderson likes to say nobody put a delete switch you know there was no delete button when you got saved that suddenly takes away uh all of your your bad thoughts and the right. that bad habits and the same is true in the physical realm we we all every single one of us i, I can't state this clearly enough because sometimes we live as if it isn't true every single one of us will die physically that, that's reality, except for that, uh, that specific generation when the Lord returns and, and uh, we're translated caught up with him in the air. But for the rest of us, for every single person without exception, we will die once. Mm-hmm. And for those who are outside of Christ, they will die twice. And that eternal death, that eternal separation from God is a much more serious prospect. Right. That, that second is, is of greater weight. Um, because it's eternal, you know, anything that, that lasts forever is bigger than anything that lasts for a period of time. Right. So, um, our physical bodies will at that last trumpet, as the word tells us, uh, will, will be resurrected. We will have a physical resurrection. What does that look like? I don't know. I'm not there. I'm just reading the book. <laughs> so as we get through this, well, what good are you? The- <laughs> the, 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 it, God gave us the black and white, right? And some editions read. So as we look at the, the facts of what God puts in a book, we don't want to get distracted by things in a temporary life in this world that are inevitably passing. And we know that they're passing. That's the nature of it. But as we get into um, as we get into everyday life, we need to connect, as, as we seek to do with this podcast, the reality of God with the realities of our everyday life. What is it that we are, are actually living through and walking through in our experience rather than some theoretical idea that, that says, you know, here's, here's faith in a vacuum. Right. Well, that didn't design us. He didn't give us the scriptures as he did in any way portraying life in a vacuum. Right. Uh, we, you know, if you read through the scriptures at all and, and, you know, we keep, you and I keep talking about uh, my conversations with your mother as she's reading through it. It's really astonishing that God would ever put these things in the scripture. If you were trying to make some pristine, beautiful, perfect faith in a vacuum picture, you would not have the Bible that we have today. 
And, right. You know, even people like to say, oh, I, I read the Psalms for inspiration. You know, if that's the case, then you probably are not actually reading the Psalms because <laughs> a lot of the Psalms are really heavy, really hard. Yeah. And, and we see a whole gamut of emotion. And what's beautiful about uh, David in particular as a psalmist is he doesn't hide away from the fear, from the anxiety, from the frustration and, and the difficulty of living in a fallen world. But what he does do is inevitably comes back to celebrating God, to, to choosing to trust what he knows as opposed to what he feels. So whether we're talking about David in the Psalms, you know, you know, why are you downcast on my soul? I will yet praise him. Or we're talking about uh, Jeremiah in Lamentations 3, where he's, he's depressed, he's overwhelmed, and, and he feels like God is against him and hemming him in on all sides. Yet still he remembers that God is faithful, and he chooses to focus his mind, to focus his mind on that, to go specifically to God. And so today, as we're talking about this coronavirus uh, situation, and uh, we haven't officially made a, a, a call yet, uh, for Real Life Community Church, we'll be having our overseers meeting later to to talk that through and make uh, make official decisions. But it looks like as of right now, we, we are, for wisdom's sake, suspending our our large group gatherings at the very least. Right. Uh, we're suspending some of the smaller group gatherings as the guidelines continue to change. And now, yeah, you know, things are then, things are changing on a daily basis. Yeah, so, we, you know, and, and that's really kind of a picture of life in general, right. because things do change all the time. It, to have some hard, fast, you know, this is what we're going to do. We always do this. We never do that. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. I feel personally so, attacked. But that's, <laughs> that, but that's the, the picture that, that the Lord gives us in, in James 4, is that, you know, it, we need to have the approach that if the Lord wills it to be so, then we'll do this or that. Right. Anything else becomes arrogant and proud where, where I control life, where I'm God and I'm God. And that's a bad place to be. So yeah. I want to encourage everybody. And, and, and again, we are not, neither Stacy nor I are, are experts in viral infections. We are not uh, medical professionals. We don't handle global pandemics for a living. I used to write about Tony not at August. all. <laughs> Yeah. So well, anyway, <laughs> um, and also about uh, what was it, cat sweaters cat, or something cat, like uh, that? Cat bandanas. Cat bandanas. So as we are. Um, so yeah, you should be taking your we, medical information from me. Yeah, the, I mean the reality is that we're not here to talk about medication. Right. We just want to recognize that that as people of God, we want to exercise wisdom. We want to do the right thing, the loving thing, and if our primary if our primary goals are to make sure that we shake our fist at at a hostile society and say no, we will meet as a church no matter what, then I don't think we're actually keeping the, the two great commandments to to love God above everything and to express that by loving your neighbor as yourself. Right. So if we if we are loving our neighbor as ourselves. Now, what that means to us is that we put our neighbor's needs ahead of our own. Right. And while we, we're we not ever going to be in a situation where we stop worshiping the right. Lord and where we stop seeking to worship him corporately, 
But the reality is, if, if any one of us had a contagious disease and decided, aside from to go to a public gathering because you can and you feel it, then the reality is, oops, we lost our connection. Are you back, Stacey? I'm back, yep. Okay, good. Uh, so if, if you do that, then you're not being responsible and you're not being loving to those around you. You're endangering others. That's not godly wisdom. It's, it's certainly a violation of the second command. And if you're violating the second command to love your neighbor as yourself, then as Jesus presents it, then you would be not expressing well. You would not be reflecting love of God above everything else. So your priorities right. then are not matching God's priorities. Now you've violated both. So what I, I guess what I want to do today is to draw our attention to a couple of places. I want to encourage everybody. I'm not going to go through all um, all the the parts of it. I just want to read the beginning of Psalm 90, and I would encourage people to read it. There are a lot of um, a lot of scriptures that deal with difficult things. Uh, in Psalm 90, this is a, a prayer of Moses um, that, as we see it recorded here in the Psalms, sounds like this in the New International Version. Um, the 84 edition, of course. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born or brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn men back to dust, saying, return to dust, O sons of men. For a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. You sweep men away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. Though in the morning it springs up new, by evening it is dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. The length of our days is 70 years or 80 if we have the strength, yet their span is but trouble and sorrow. For they quickly pass and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? For your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, O Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Uh, I lied to you and said I wasn't going to read the whole thing, but here we go. I, just did. <laughs> I think uh, it was worth it. Yeah, I, I just, I really, throughout this thing, have kind of sort of fixated on verse 12 um, as Moses prays and as the psalmist records here for us. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. In other words, mm -hmm. remind us that, that we are dust, and every single one of us has a limited time. And whether it's you know COVID-19 or pneumonia or a heart attack, we have a, a friend who's in the hospital today right now having a, a, in fact, actually under the knife at this current time, having a five-way bypass. So <coughs> there, are, right. there are always things that, remind us of our mortality and and crises like this should first and foremost remind us that that we are not immortal in ourselves our immortal souls created in god's image yes but we have no strength of our of our own we are not going to last past a, a certain expiration date 
I think that's well, an important thing to, oh, go ahead, go ahead, finish. No, go ahead. Well, I think that's an important thing to, to specifically touch on, um, especially for Christ followers, because, I mean, at this point, if you haven't been keeping up with the news, you've at, at the very least seen a meme on Facebook about, you know, hoarding toilet paper or, or you know, clearing all the food from the grocery store shelves or, or whatever. And what has really struck me about this pandemic is... Um, it's it's as far as I can see, it's brought out a lot of good in some ways and a lot of ugly in other ways. Um, and so to see no, people and I'm nature of man this way. Right. It, it's 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 really <laughs> an interesting from, a, you know, you take a step back. It's a really interesting humanistic study in um in how people respond to things and and you have to assume these people that are going to the stores and you know grabbing everything up or you know whatever else um that is done out of fear mostly uh and and it's i think it's it's normal for us to fear again it's the unknown no like i like we just said this thing keep, you know things keep changing every day uh, new restrictions are put in place, new whatever is put in place. So nobody really knows one day to the next, you know, how their life is going to be affected by this. So that's that fear of the unknown that, that can push us to do uh, things that we wouldn't normally do. And again, that can that can either bring out the ugly. Uh, I, I think I saw a video of people literally in a fist fight over a roll of paper towel. Or it can bring out uh, the good. You know, you see, you see uh, organizations working to feed kids free lunches during this time that are out of school and things like that. Um, so I think how we respond to situations like this, especially as Christ followers, is important to, to show others the picture that, that we're supposed to portray here, the people that we're supposed to be. Um, well, that's and that's, right. I think a lot of us try to, you know, try to portray a picture of strength uh, I've, right. I've been, depending on on you know your personality your nature uh you know too often even your political bent uh i'm seeing a lot of folks uh in the church try to portray strength well we're not afraid of anything we're not we're not we have no fear and, and so on so we're going to keep on meeting we're going to keep on doing our things well right. it's not a matter of fear it's a matter of wisdom and love right. and if, if we're going to get all up in arms and put out a bunch of memes talking about how terrible, you know, so-and-so is because they're not acting so, you know, strong enough. Uh, right. one saying, well, you know, this is all the president's fault because he's not acting decisively enough. And well, I even worried, I'll, I'll admit to you, I mean, I've got kind of a sore throat here this morning, but I was worried that people, uh, if you and I were going to live stream today in person, I was worried people would get upset by that, you know? Um and, and so there's there's a certain amount of consideration that we want to have for others. Uh, and as we're doing it, you know, we've got to set aside. I hate to, to say set aside politics because <clears throat> I hate to think that we're that we're all focused on uh, national politics. But we are far right. too often. And I see people saying, oh, well, this is all a scam that people are putting together to try to keep Trump from being reelected. And others saying, oh, you know, this is all Trump's fault. And, Man, I got to tell you, Donald Trump has so little to do with the reality of life for most people in the everyday situation. That now, that's not just him; that's 
President Obama, President Bush, President Clinton, pick a president. Well, you, have to, you also have to take into consideration that this that this is not just the U.S. being affected; it's the entire world. I'm pretty sure that the people in Italy are not uh, suffering and dying so that one side or the other of a United States political cause can be promoted. Right. But when these right. followers then you know get all caught up in that, and we let our anger rise or our indignation rise, then right. we're not modeling the, the the light that we're called to do. So in light of all of that, you know, we need to be wise. We need to do loving things, but we need to also not freak out. And, you know, I'm thinking of Matthew 6, um, Jesus speaking in Matthew 6 about worry and anxiety. This is there. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. I would add to that your, you know, your health, what viruses you'll be exposed to, or about, uh, we're verse 25 still. Uh, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? It's just, it's foolish. It doesn't even make sense. That's what right. Jesus is saying here. It's impractical. It's not, you know, a lot of folks will, will focus on worry as sin, and I'm not even saying it's not. I'm saying that the focus on worry as sin it kind of misses the point. Right. Jesus is saying it doesn't make sense. It's foolish. You have a heavenly father who cares for even sparrows and flowers. If that's the case, how much more does he care about you? Right. And so if, if we really believe that God is real, that's where our focus and our strength needs to be. So uh, verse verse 31. Uh, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? But the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. I would say that same thing applies to, to health healthcare issues, uh, you know, whether individual, my own uh, personal health, or we're talking about a pandemic. In any case, don't chase after these things as if this is the be-all and end-all. That's what the world does. Your heavenly Father knows your physical, earthly needs, but first. Uh, in, in verse 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That doesn't mean you never get sick. It means God takes care of your needs. He knows what you're going through. James says to consider it pure joy because it develops in you the perseverance that leads to spiritual maturity, and you can't have it apart from that. Peter talks about the suffering of Christ and that if we're going to follow after him and his steps, we also need to to embrace suffering. There's there's no end to the picture of how God's people from the Old Testament to the New Testament all the way through embrace the reality that suffering is part of life in this world. Right. And so we want to honor God not by putting our head in the sand, but by being wise, doing wise things, operating in this temporal world, but with an eye toward heaven, recognizing that we're not citizens here. We are ambassadors in a foreign land. And so, you know, if God didn't want us to be wise, then he wouldn't have filled the Bible with practical wisdom. There's an entire, there are a couple of entire books, uh, two specifically and, and uh, more beyond that, that are devoted to practical everyday wisdom in life. The book of Proverbs and the book of Ecclesiastes, specifically devoted to that. And they're not the only ones, but those are specifically written for practical knowledge in life, how to handle your money, how to handle your neighbors, how, you know, how to uh, conduct yourself. 
all of these things are given because God wants us to be wise, to do right. And so as we see that happen, we need to remember that, uh, as Jesus said in, in Matthew 6.34, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Paul says in Philippians 4 that we should be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and petition, to present our requests to God. And you can probably hear that I'm turning pages to that right now. Because I think sometimes we, we quote verses, very often we quote verses out of context. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then we miss the point. Well, in Philippians, uh, Paul's on house arrest, and it's joy-filled letter about all of the, the, the wonder knowing Christ. But in verse 4, <clears throat> I mean, in chapter 4, he, he ends uh, after after pleading with a, a couple of women in the church to, to set their differences aside and get along, to, to choose to set aside their petty differences, whatever the hurts are, whatever the wounds are, and I think it's deliberate uh, uh, by plan of God's spirit for us to not know the details, because the details aren't the point. They don't matter. But after seeing there are problems in the church, set that aside. He goes into verses 4 through 8, and, and I, this is probably where I'll, I'll close my thoughts and then you can add whatever you have. Um, he says, he starts out, rejoice in the Lord always. And just to make sure we get it, I'll say it again, rejoice. So the piece that we're going to see him talking about here in the next couple of verses comes from choosing no matter what happens, whether we're talking about a global pandemic or my, you know, my spouse just left me or my children are living in rebellion uh, or, you know, I really need to meet with the people of God and my church is closed for the week uh, as far as public services. Whatever it is, still rejoice. Not rejoice in your circumstances. Not rejoice because things are going your way. And certainly not rejoice because they're not. That doesn't even make sense. But rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in Him. Put your focus there. He goes on, verse 5, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is me. I'm going to have my character reflect Christ because he is always with us. That is both a comfort and also a warning that he sees us at all times. So we want to make sure that what we are doing is actually related to Christ's character. Right. goes on verse 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, whatever it is, including COVID-19, <laughs> by petition, with thanksgiving, we have to have a grateful heart as we're going through this, present your request to God. Now, we like verse 7, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. But we forget that verse 7 is the result of verses 4 through 6. If we're not rejoicing in the Lord always, if we are letting ourselves be anxious rather than presenting our requests to God with a thankful heart, then we're not going to have the result of the peace of God, which is beyond our own comprehension. But if we choose to rejoice in him, and we choose to hand it over to him, then this incomprehensible peace from God, not based on circumstances, not based on our ability to fix the situation, it will guard our hearts, it will guard our minds, protect us from from evil thoughts that, that are brought in by the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we do that practically by fixing our minds on the reality of God rather than on the feelings of our circumstances. That's why it says in verse 8, 
Finally, brothers, whatever is true, important word there, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We get to choose our thoughts. We get to take our thoughts captive to make them obey Christ. And if we do that, if we put our attention on the right thinking, then that allows us or fosters in us an attitude of rejoicing in the Lord always. Then having those thoughts in mind, reminding ourselves of the truth that God is always with us, the things that we saw in Psalm 90, that God is beyond, he is bigger, he is, uh, he is incomprehensible in his might and his power, and we are dust. So we should number our days and recognize our own mortality. We should not worry. We should not be stressed about, uh, you know, how we're going to get through all of this. Because if, we, if we're worried about how to get through all of this, then we are, we are not thinking about these same things. We're not rejoicing in the Lord. We are looking to lean on our own strength, our own human ability and wisdom to get through the situation, rather than trusting in the Lord with all hearts. We need to adjust our mindset. Well, I think that's a, a good way. See, you said we couldn't do 30 minutes, and we did 30 minutes. <laughs> I know, right? So uh, I do think that's a, a good place to, to stop. Um, I do want to uh, remind everybody also, as, as you know, we're all dealing with this and things are changing all the time. I think it is important for us uh, to continuously pray for one another, uh, to pray for those who are... Uh, those with weakened immune systems and those who are more susceptible to, to this particular illness. And it's especially important to pray for our healthcare workers um, uh, because there are still other, you know, other diseases yeah. and ailments and surgeries. Like we were just talking with a, a, a friend of ours who's having surgery today. Those don't stop <laughs> just because this is happening. So um, people are, are, people are kind of getting uh, stretched to their limits here. And I, I, lifting the, everybody up in prayer, I think is important for us as we try to continue to come together in, in whatever means possible throughout this whole uh, shaky situation. Yeah. I, just to piggyback on that, I'd like to encourage people not just to pray individually, but to pray together mm -hmm. with, you, you know, with your family, your own household. If you have the opportunity to, to you know, call others mm -hmm. or if you're uh, gathering in small groups, then, but then please, by all means, Pray together. Um, and technology has given us the opportunity to, to do that in, in many ways. Yeah, I just saw a tweet from uh, Mark Dever at Capitol Hill Baptist uh, from a couple of days ago that is encouraging people while you're in your social di distancing in whatever group you're in, don't stop singing. Yeah. You know, use the songs of the faith to strengthen yourselves and strengthen one another. Just because we're not gathering in big groups doesn't mean that, that we can't still be united in our songs, in our prayers, and in the study of God's word. So by all means, do that. And it seems appropriate for us to close this particular podcast with a word of prayer. Let's do it. Does that seem okay? Let's do it. As the producer. Huh? <laughs> Go for it. Thank you for the privilege of being able to be your body. Thank you that you are present with us in the person of your Holy Spirit. That you loved us so much that you sent Jesus to take our place, to die for us, not because we were somehow good or righteous, but specifically because we are not. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. And if you loved us this much, Lord, how could we possibly doubt that you would give us all good things, which are so much less than the price paid in your son? You are a good father. 
And we have no cause to worry. Because not only do you want to pour out blessing on your children, but you also are able to. So help us as we work wisely, as we make wise choices, as we seek to help others in righteousness. Lord, help us not to freak out, not to worry, not to be anxious, but to place it all in your hands and to trust that you are in control. Help us in our, in our minds, in our hearts, to learn the lessons that we should be learning about viruses and hygiene, but the bigger lessons, the spiritual lessons of our own mortality, of what it means to love, and what it means to be the church in the midst of crisis. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, just to quick let everyone know, we we will try to, you know, stay connected with, with you as, as much as possible and uh, with as many various platforms as possible. Um, like Rich mentioned earlier, uh, there's a, a meeting with the overseers at Real Life this evening, and uh, there'll likely be discussion uh, at that meeting on where we're going to move forward with this in the coming weeks. Um, so we will keep everybody posted. Be sure to check out our social media pages, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and we will uh, keep you updated and try to continue to uh, get God's word out there, get this message out there as much as possible. So we're we're not going away. <laughs> Yeah. Um, just, uh, needed to make some adjustments for a while, like everybody else. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. And, thanks for thank you. And, and, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care.